Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. We're back on schedule on a Monday, and that means that Jeffrey Essery of Mile High Report covers the Denver Broncos, joins us here on the Morning Blitz. Jeffrey, good morning. How was the weekend? Good morning. Well, it was a um, good weekend in everything but um, Broncos-related news <laughs> after that Thursday game. But otherwise, good weekend. How, how different is it for you guys when you have like a Thursday night game and then nothing on Saturday, Sunday, and, and even into Monday? Yeah, it's really um, a quick turnaround. And, and, of course, you know, we're just writers and, and not players, but you get a feel for, you know, how quickly these players have to turn things around because you know, your schedule is just compressed so much and you've got your routine throughout the week. And now all of a sudden you've got to turn around and get all the, um, you know, there's content cranked out before Thursday and stuff. And then you have this gap of a couple days. And after a, coming, off, you know, coming off of a loss on Thursday, it's more of a um, couple extra days to ruminate on and what went wrong. And so um, typically it would be nice to be able to relax and have a bit of a break. But I'm sure the players were feeling it as well of just a couple extra days to kind of stew on the loss. In your opinion, going back to Thursday night, Broncos lose to the Chiefs 30-6 in Denver. What is the most disappointing thing about that game? I think the biggest disappointment was you saw a team who they really didn't, to me, didn't understand the moment or the gravity of the game. And I get the fact of, you know, every game's its own thing and you don't look forward or look at records and you just play for that game. But this was the Chiefs coming into Denver and you're just a game behind them if you win. And the schedule right afterwards is potentially winnable. You you're on a two game winning streak. You have a chance to really get some momentum. And then Patrick Mahomes goes down in the first quarter. 
if you like, you couldn't have scripted a better game for Denver to come out and finally get the monkey off their back in terms of beating the Chiefs, um, and they just completely fell apart. And so, to me, that was the the biggest disappointment was really just not understanding the gravity of the game or not um, being able to put it together in a big game. And that's something that we've seen from them, you know, really over the past couple of years. I think the thing I found most interesting, like you said, Patrick Mahomes goes down. I think they were down, what was it, like uh, 13 to 6 or something like that, or maybe that might have been 17 to 6. And I sat there and I thought, well, we're going to see if this uh, Denver offense can actually score any points because I didn't think the Chiefs would have much success or anything that more. I turned out to be wrong. They at least scored a touchdown there. But, yeah, I know. it's a, It's been a very, very tough uh, – that was a tough game to watch as a Denver Bronco fan. Do you put more blame on – Denver's passing game or on Joe Flacco or on offensive line play? I think it's a combination of all of them. And I mean, clearly Joe Flacco was not having a good game and just didn't, I don't know what was going on with um, some of the protections and the way he was hanging onto the ball. I don't know if he kind of got spooked and didn't have trust in the offensive line, but I'd say probably those sacks were, um, haven't dug in fully to the tape to assign blame on each one, but it was probably about 50-50 from what I could tell Flacco on the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line was having some issues, obviously, with the tackles uh, blocking on the edge and picking up some of those blitzes, and, you know, the Chiefs were just coming after them all night, um, and clearly Denver didn't have an answer for it, and that was kind of all the way across the board. Um, from a scheme perspective, it didn't look like they – I don't know if they didn't prepare for – to be blitzed, you know, fully all night, but it didn't look like they had um, a lot of good plans from a play calling perspective in terms of outlet passes or hot reads. And some of that's on Joe Flacco for not recognizing that as well and changing protection or potentially checking out of a, a different play. Um, Joe hung onto the ball way too long um, and walked into a lot of sacks. And then, of course, the tackles really struggled as well. And so it's kind of a failure all across the board in terms of pass protection and offensive play calling and scheme and also, um, you know, on the quarterback too. And doesn't it kind of pour salt in the wound when uh, when you're doing this against a Chiefs defense, which has been one of the worst in the NFL to this point in the season? Well, yeah, that's what's frustrating, and it kind of goes into that piece of Denver not understanding this game it felt like. Um, and I tweeted out, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek of that this Denver team is kind of the cure for whatever ails your team. Um, we've seen it before of, going into a game and you think a, a team has a weakness in a particular area and you plan to exploit that. And, you know, for that, it was a perfect matchup for Denver's strengths in terms of the running game. And the Chiefs defense was, you know, 31st overall. They've been giving up huge, you know, chunks of um, running yardage. And Denver wasn't able to get anything going on the ground and really was kind of a, you know, gave the Chiefs a get-right game a bit on the defensive side. Um, and so – that's tough to see in, in a league like this that's all about, you know, matchups and taking advantage of um, weaknesses on the other team for Denver not to be able to exploit a clear weakness of the Chiefs. Were there any bright spots from Thursday night, in your opinion? Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. I don't know about Thursday night. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still encouraged about the, the season overall. A lot of people were very critical of um, Rich Scangarello um, and have been. You know, Obviously, the offensive results haven't been good. Um, some people are going as far as you know, saying he's not it already after seven games. I don't go that far. Um, to me, there's two big pieces of being an offensive coordinator, play design and, you know, really building the scheme and then play calling. And I feel like Rich Scangarello, you know, his, he's a first-time OC, first-time play caller. And so he's struggled in that area. In my mind, that's where he hasn't been as sharp. But his play designs have been um, really good overall, and he's shown a really good ability to – get the ball into the hands of his playmakers. He's put, you know, Cortland Sutton in great positions all season, and he's put Noah Fant in a lot of great positions, and Fant hasn't come through, and that was, you know, another big piece of last night or Thursday night's game. Um, you know, people were pretty critical of Fant and going as far as calling him a bust as well. I think it's too early for all of that. Um, you know, obviously you're disappointed in, in the results specifically from Fant, but I think there's it, it's encouraging that, the offensive coordinator is able to put those guys in positions to make plays. They just have to make them. And then he's got to clean up when he knows, you know, and this is a learning game for him, I think, when when he knows that the other team will be selling out and just, you know, bringing the blitz every time it just felt like the Chiefs were doing. Um, you've got to be able to adjust midway through the game or, um, you know, change your game plan to protect your quarterback and give him some more outlet passes. Jeffrey Esri, our guest here on the Morning Blitz on a Monday. There was, uh, there's been some rumblings about uh, possibly as the trade deadline approaches, Denver being some sellers here. Do you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, Benjamin Albright, um, who is a great follow on Twitter and a good um, NFL insider, specifically as it relates to Denver Broncos news, has um, made it pretty clear that you know several teams have been inquiring specifically about Emmanuel Sanders. Um, and then I believe Chris Harris as well. I think Denver's less inclined from what I've um, heard from them, um, from guys like him, to um, sell on Harris. But you could potentially see Sanders get moved. Um, both of those guys you know, likely aren't going to be back next year with their contracts expiring. And so it would make sense to see what you can get out of them. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders, you miss less, even though you know he's an incredible player and a you know, one of my favorite players over the last several years for Denver. I think you miss him less on the offensive side than you miss Chris Harris on the defensive side. And so I think um, Sanders is potentially one that could be moved before the trade deadline. Um, Chris Harris is tough because, you know, you'd want to potentially get something out of him. But at the same time, that, you know, really leaves you thin at the cornerback spot. And, you know, even if this season isn't going to be one where you think you can string together some wins and make anything happen after, you know, Thursday night's game, it's, it, it's kind of trending in the other direction. You still want to be able to evaluate what you have on the team and the talent. And if you're completely throwing three, you know, green cornerbacks out there with Devontae Bosby hurt and Bryce Callahan still hurt. And if Chris Harris gets traded, then you really don't have anything at the cornerback position. They're all new guys. And so it makes it tough to evaluate anything on the defensive side. And so, I think they'd want to hang on to Chris Harris, and people have mentioned Derek Wolf as well. I think they hang on to him. I, I potentially think they could hang on to him after um, this year as well because they'll be losing a lot of their defensive line in terms of contracts expiring, and so I could see them potentially bringing Derek Wolf back 
But those are the three guys whose names have been brought up a lot, and um, Sanders is probably the most likely from what I've seen from the people who you know really are, are close to it. Final question before we let you go, Jeffrey. The Colts, uh, it's where the Broncos go to here uh, next Sunday. Uh, the Colts have been playing pretty well despite no Andrew Luck. Jacoby Brissett's been pretty solid. Uh, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's kind of sad of the – I mean – Hats off to the Colts to see what they've been doing, but I I, I opined a little bit on Twitter um, last night to see these teams around the league losing their you know number one option at quarterback and really succeeding with number two option, and Denver can't even buy a win with their number one option at quarterback. Um, but hats off to the Colts and the coaching job that Frank Reich has done over there, and um, you know the GM Ballard has brought in a lot of young talent, so they're a team on the upswing. I've been you know really surprised by Jacoby Brissett and the. Um, the way that he's played this season. And so, you know, it's not going to be – it continues a tough schedule for Denver. And so, you know, I think they've got to try to um, slow Brissett down and, and really just come together on the offensive side and try to put that game behind them. I don't even know. You know, I'm, it's kind of a burn-the-tape game on the, that Thursday game. And so um, hopefully they can put it behind them and come out to play against the Colts. But I'm not super optimistic by the way the Colts have been playing. They've kind of been on fire lately. He is Jeffrey Essery. He writes for, of course, uh, Mile High Report. Uh, you read his stuff online there or follow him on Twitter at Jeffrey Essery. Jeffrey, as always, thank you so much, and uh, we'll hope, look forward to seeing you next week. Absolutely. Talk to you later.